0: Welcome to Apply the Word, a podcast of Redeemer Church. Today is July the 15th, July. We are basically halfway through the year, actually more than halfway through the year, and we will be discussing my message from yesterday, July 14th, from Psalm 73. It's a part of our Summer Wisdom Series. Um, I'm here joined by... My dad, Benny Phillips, our pastor, and we're going to talk about the message, some of the practical application of it, so let's go. My message yesterday was from Psalm 73, and like I said in the little intro just now, it is part of our Summer Wisdom series. Dad, last week you preached from Ecclesiastes 1, 1 through 11, right? and you'll be probably preaching through Ecclesiastes exclusively during this series, but we're calling it Summer Wisdom rather than something based on Ecclesiastes because me and Jess will be bouncing around to the other wisdom literature. Yes. But really, we're sort of building on what you're doing in Ecclesiastes. I felt like that's what I was doing or trying to do. Yes, Um, and Psalm 73 does do that. Yeah, and Psalm 73 was a perfect one to use in terms of that. So I'll just give a little uh, two-minute summary, and then I'll let you take it from there in terms of uh, the direction for the application. But basically, I went through—I used the whole psalm and started with um, the idea that it's a psalm of asaph and he starts with he looked at the uh the wicked and this is something psalms do all the time well not all the time but lots of times where uh david or whoever it is is struggling with looking at uh the prosperity of the wicked and so that's sort of the way it starts and he goes through and says things like they're fat and sleek which was my yeah. favorite line right um and basically i use that Um, For the first point, to just talk about worldly wisdom looks, you know, and looks to compare and contrast one's own circumstances with uh, those around you and then try to draw conclusions about what the Lord is doing or who he favors based on those circumstances. So that was point one. Worldly wisdom is a compare and contrast sort of thing. Um, And it leads to, in verse, I think it's 16 or 17, where where he says... Um, he tried to understand what was going on and it was a wearisome, it seemed to him a wearisome task. So I talked about weariness. So worldly wisdom leads to weariness Um, and then weariness can lead either to bitterness or to the third point of the message which was worship because Asaph says um, it seemed a wearisome task until he entered the sanctuary of God. Um, So weariness leads to either bitterness or worship. So I talked about that a bit and then worship sort of lifts our eyes to the point where we can do what uh, the preacher in Ecclesiastes says which is discern the end and then once you discern the end that informs your perspective, um, it clears your vision and all of a sudden uh, you're able to exercise biblical wisdom so that was sort of the structure of the message.
1: Yeah and and this, the way you structured the, the message in terms of uh, making the particular points that you wanted to make really did flow very, very well. And uh, and so this is apply the word. So we don't want to necessarily re-preach the word. But I do think that that one of the, the key components there that was uh, very helpful for folks in the first half of the message was the idea of, okay, it does lead to weariness and there's all kinds of aspects of weariness, you talked about weariness not being sin, but it can lead to sin, it can lead to, you know, but there's all kinds of things that can make you weary. And, but it does typically elicit compassion. So how, how do you, in a kind of in a practical application sense, how do you uh, do what's right, which is express compassion for those who are weary, it should elicit compassion out of us. But when that weariness is rooted in, you know, some of the uh, different pathologies that you were touching on yesterday, how do you uh, show that compassion while at the same time really trying to encourage um, or even mildly uh, correct someone, you know, (laughs) who's weary because of their own doing? Right.
0: Weariness can be... Um, weariness is neutral in the sense that any excessive exertion causes it, um, but it can be the result of doing good, or it can be the result of you know doing sin. It, it's neutral in that sense. Worry, and, anxiety, yeah. and that. and those it kind can of. lead. It can lead to sin. No matter what it's caused by, right? It, the response to it can tend towards. Bitterness, the example that I use, and I'll I'll use this before I get to my answer to your question, but one of the examples I use is people who, including myself, who say, you know what, I can bear this Lord for this circumstance for a little while. I can bear this miserable marriage. I can bear this uh, wayward child. I can bear this uh, health situation. I can bear whatever this thing is for a while because I know you're going to change it. Um that's, that's sort of dangerous because that type of I can do this for a, for a length of time but I trust you're going to change my circumstances still look into the circumstance right um, for rest it's
1: still a presumptive statement
0: it's presumptive and it's looking to the wrong thing for rest it's looking right. for the circumstances to be what we want before we can rest and what the, what the Lord wants is for us to rest in him so that perspective um When people are weary, it's lots of times because they sort of are in a situation where they've had that perspective. Lord, I'll I'll be able to rest, Lord, as soon as you change this circumstance. And what our job is as believers is to help each other to realize that that's, that's not what's gonna bring rest. Right. What's gonna bring rest is entering the sanctuary of God. And so when Jesus says, come lay your burdens down at my feet, take up my yoke it's easy it's an incredibly compassionate thing we always want to respond to weariness with compassion no matter what what it's caused by um the way that jesus did but it's it's compassion but it's also what i said it's also sort of a command like the response to come lay your heavy load down on my feet um it's not smart to respond to that with ah, no thanks change the circumstance first right right um No, that's not what Jesus is after is our hearts. It is the being at his feet part that he's after. And so, and then again, that that goes back into circumstances are often confusing because we think that, you know, you do X, that Y should happen. And the Lord says, well, I'm not interested in your sequence of events happening the way that you want. What I'm interested is in your heart. And so sometimes circumstances are there to smash an idol.
1: What kind of, what kind of, um, in your own experience, what kind of unhelpful comments have people made to you uh, when you've been weary uh, in in not well doing? <laughs> you know, weary in when you've been anxious or right. frustrated or whatever, and or oh yeah, you've just been through a a long trial. You know that that things have not gone the way you thought they should go for a long period of time and you're struggling and you're weary, what have been some of the unhelpful things that people have said to you at times? I don't
0: know. People in, in my life tend to, and part of the reason why this why I was thinking about it this way is that um, I'm surrounded by lots of people who love me, and when I am weary, I get compassion. Like, that's what happens. It's I, I rarely have run into... I'm weary and someone's like, well, you're weary because you're a dope. Right. And so, you know, stop being weary. You wouldn't be in this situation if you didn't blah, 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 blah. Like that just isn't the response. And as Christians, that's, that's good. That should never really be our response. And so I've always sort of, um, when I have been weary because of my sin, I've received compassion and that's helpful. Like, okay. don't get yeah. me wrong. Right. That's helpful. What I think is missing sometimes is then in addition to that, um, well, now here's some something isn't right. no, that right. just doesn't end because compassion makes you feel better. Right. Uh, compassion is provides a type of rest, um, but it doesn't solve the problem. Right. If the problem is sin. Right. If my weariness is due to. Um, you know,
1: something that I'm doing wrong. Right. That have, compassion um, isn't the only thing I need. Have you ever had anyone yeah, yeah, say something to you like, um, you know, what it's just, you just need to learn how to, and finish that sentence. Has anybody ever? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure I have. Like, a, I you, can't my, think my of the My top of favorite my head. one is you just need to learn how to let go of your uh expectations and let god you know i mean that's that sounds, always my i mean my that's a favorite that's a one traditional one like, yes i've seen yeah. posters that say yes. that yes. um
0: i haven't heard it much directed towards me oh, okay um i think yeah. it tends more towards you you just need to learn to you know um You just need to learn to trust God. You just need to learn to, you know, you're you're looking at things from a man-centered perspective. You just need to see things from God's perspective. Like, all of it would be true stuff that just sometimes
1: in the moment, you know, doesn't come off well. When you think think in terms of, I mean, so when there is a long-standing trial that you're walking through, not only is the weariness understandable but there's there's work to be done in the weariness right where god's at work in the weariness have you, what's been your experience in that in terms of even just perseverance in the midst of the long frustrating trial challenging trial right i weariness is
0: neutral and therefore god does use it obviously like it's it's Building endurance is something that he's absolutely after, and right. so I don't think we should be surprised by weariness and or alarmed by it or any of that that sort of thing. And so I, I think um, when in a season of weariness, seeing, um, seeing it as an opportunity to grow, seeing it as an opportunity to draw near to God, <clears throat> which was the point— of the message yesterday, seeing it as an opportunity rather than seeing it as um, something to immediately try to get rid of, or rather than seeing it as a just time to wait until God changes something. That was really what's going after. I think a lot of times I have... Yeah. Seen it as a time to, well, I'm just going to bear this. Right, I'm just going to
1: persevere until God changes something. Yeah. When
0: him changing something may not be the point.
1: Well, and it's right. Changing something may not be the point. I've always appreciated and benefited from, you know, when Jesus said, you know, um, all you who are weary and heavy laden, you know, come to me and I will give you rest. And I know that there's a from a theological perspective that that rest is a a rest that is um you know a a one where you're trusting your your salvation to him he's right, going right. to give you ultimate rest but i also think there is a a all you who are weary heavy laden come come to me and i will give you rest now that's where i think the the draw near to God of Psalm 73 fits with what Jesus is saying. It really is his presence that gives you the rest. Of course, that's the end of the message, so we'll come back to that in the next section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take a little break, and uh, we'll be back in a minute.
0: So we have my mom, who has a name, and it's Sheree here, and she's going to talk a little bit about Lake Nona Christian Counseling, which is a counseling center that she has founded and opened Uh, very recently.
2: Yeah, so we opened Lake Nona Christian Counseling here in Lake Nona uh, in September, and I am really enjoying getting to know the people that God is bringing, um, caring for couples and individuals, uh, including a couple of teens, actually, who are experiencing some real hope and some real progress
0: in their struggles. What, uh, what kind of struggles are we talking about here? What kind of experiences? Obviously, it's probably all over the spectrum, but can you provide any sort of uh, context for what kind of struggles these are?
2: That's a great question. And now phasers are starting to appear in my mind. Uh, they're common ones. I mean, we're all strugglers. Uh, on a spectrum, for example, uh, all of us struggle with anxiety or with right. discouragement, for example but there are things that bring those things to the surface to the point that somebody says you know what I need to sit down and talk with somebody right and so the things that I'm talking with about with people are are common the fact is every marriage for example has conflict has insensitivity has a misunderstanding has struggles and but sometimes it's heightened By issues that some of uh, my counselees are facing like addiction or suffering through the aftermath of of sexual sin like chronic pornography or adultery Uh, spouses who are distant or even just disengaged from the hard work that healthy marriage requires so those are some of the things that people are coming to us for in marriage but Teens are wrestling with common teen issues, but sometimes, again, it's heightened. For example, one of the young men who came to me was really battling a lot of discouragement over not doing well on the PSAT test. Hmm. So something like that even, getting a, a low score, I'm not going to get the merit you know, scholarship right. offers that I hoped for, what do I do about that? came to me. And we've talked little about the PSATs, but we're talking about his struggles with his parents. We're stru- talking about struggles with friends. And so uh, the pressures of school and where am I going to go to college now, that kind of thing.
0: So if somebody is, is struggling with these things and they do get to the point where they, they feel like they need to talk to somebody who um, has 45 years experience in being a counselor, um, how how can they get in touch with Lake Nona Christian Counseling to set up a meeting?
2: Well, they can email me at sheree, S-H-E-R-E-E, at lake nona Christian uh, that would be the best that best way to get in touch with me. But they can also call 407-617-4413. Well, thank you. Three, four, one, two,
0: three. All right, so we've spent a lot of time with the first half of the message. Um, second half was, again, th- this idea that when we draw near to God, when we enter into the sanctuary, that is what, you know, we get rest. We get refuge. Um, and we are, we are delighting in what God delights in. And so our vision clears. And we are able to do what the preacher would say, which is, um, again, the reason Asaph felt better was he discerned the end right. of his enemies. And, and said, quit oh, wait. comparing. Right, He's, and their ends come, and they're in a perilous position. Right. I'm actually in a place of refuge with God. I don't need to be worried about all these circumstances. Right. Um, when you discern the end, it informs the beginning, which right, is the Ecclesiastes thought. Right, um, and one
1: of the points that you made, which, which was very good, is that, you know... When uh, uh, the preacher, ecclesiastes, can get accused at times of the uh, whole idea of uh, just eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, obviously, which is not what he's saying. But how do you sort of? (laughs) How do you practically when when you're when you're Listening to Ecclesiastes, or even here in Psalm seventy-three, there's the impli- there's the implication that um, you know that if you uh, are discerning the end, you right. know that that we're all going to die. Right. Then you know, well then yeah, we don't have to like Jesus said. We don't have to worry about how what we wear or how what we're going to have to eat right. or whatever. How do you practically live with that kind of freedom? And yet, hey, I've got kids I've got to take care of. I've got mortgages I've got to pay. I've right. Got, you know, how do you, how do you do that, live and discern the end, and yet, you know, be a good steward of what you have? It's,
0: it really is a leap of faith. It, we, there's no way of getting, as Christians, there's no way of getting around that. Like, it, we can't actually see the end. Right. We are trusting that, point. that what... God says about the end is true, we're trusting Him. um, And that's where He wants us. And so that, the leap of faith um, really is the key there. And recognizing that that's what it is, that it is not, this isn't, um, you know, a fix in terms of, it doesn't actually solve the problem of how you're going to provide food the next day for your kids. It doesn't solve the problem of, the uh, practicalities of life Um, and we should like. I do have to think about those things I do have to worry about those things to a certain point Um, they shouldn't dominate my life and that leap of faith to say I trust that what God says is true about the end and I'm going to live my life with that in view and it's going to change everything about then how I view circumstances that should infect the way that we think and it should affect the way that we approach things that we're anxious about. Right. Right. Um, but it really, is that's
1: what it is? It's a leap. Yeah. Yeah. As you think about the end, and we, have, of course, we obviously we got a long way to go in Ecclesiastes before we get <laughs> right. to the to the part that judgment plays and how you view uh, things that are going on now. But as, right. but as you think about the day to day. What, what are some things that you would encourage folks in, in terms of how to think about the day-to-day in light of? I've got,
0: I, I've got my thought all off of that real quick, and then I want to ask you the same thing. One of the things I think that contributes to weariness is the endless... Um, kids these days are... That's my favorite phrase. By yeah. the way, kids these days are more anxious than ever. Uh, they have it's. A, they live in a safer um, situation than ever, and they're more anxious than ever in this country. So we know. Yeah, yeah. We know that um, being well provided for and being in a safe environment is not the uh, solution in terms of making somebody actually feel rest and refuge. Um, And so I've been thinking a lot recently about how much um, distraction and technology play in our endless ability to find things to be anxious about. Right, right. And our endless ability to do anything except enter the sanctuary and find rest. And I think that my advice for myself when I read <laughs> Psalm seventy three and for my generation and certainly the generation coming after us is that you cannot allow the pace of life to keep you from resting in the sanctuary of God. Right. In the presence of God. That is key and I think more more important than ever because Um, we are constantly bombarded with bad things but also just distractions and distractions make us weary at some point it our minds are not designed to be processing information the way that we process it and we when you become physically weary when your brain um, gets fatigued you become weary of soul right. too, right? And so it is more essential than ever to find ways out of that right. and into right. a place of rest,
1: right? Yeah, and I think the the some of the problem, and this, of course this goes to a whole different topic of how uh, you know what part does the church play in all of this, right? Because there there is that sense where. I think that the church, when it caters to uh, this generation that 's looking for these distractions, uh, the problem is it doesn 't focus on the, the one of the key ways that the church can help in this regard, and that is in building community because it 's in community it 's in the relational aspects of things that where we get the help that we need, and we right. and and the, the, the uh, Anxiety goes down because we're sharing life with others, but that's a whole different message. Sort of, sense.
0: but it is a. It's it goes back to the how do we respond when somebody's weary, and that's one of the the best um, solutions or ways that the church can help someone who's weary in ways that they can demonstrate compassion. Is right. Let us, uh, you're weary. We're not just going to give you um, platitudes and tell you the right way to think or whatever. No, no, no. Enter into Community lets us draw you out of your phone and into conversation. Let's let draw you out of the um, going to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and let's just rest and sing for an hour. Right, for right. Worship on right. Sunday, and and there's all these things that church provides that should help somebody who's weary. Right, in a practical way, and that's and the community aspect of that. Um, and then it's interesting. We've been doing this more liturgical stuff on Sunday, and and just. The, the priority of the church over the years has been uh, the priority of the Psalms which is right. the, the law of God the word um, and the presence of God and th- right. everything is designed around that and right. those things um, the word of God and the presence of God are the
1: solution for the weary right right and and it really it really is right. I mean I mean, uh, that's what we've seen over the years is it really does provide uh, you know I mean, even some of the taglines we've used over the years for the church in terms of a place of rest, a place of care, a, right. place, a safe place. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things are, are words of community, words of relationship, words that, that, that convey the idea that we need one another. And, and it's the presence of God, where two more are gathered, I'm here with him, the presence of God really does uh, come in a unique way in that time when the church is gathered. Right. And his presence brings peace right. and rest. It yep. just does. Yes. You know, can't explain it, but it just does. <laughs> right. You know, so. so you were going to ask me a question.
0: I was just going to ask you the same question that you'd asked me in terms of when um, thinking through this issue over the years, what's been the practical aspect of this is not easy to get to lots of times. Right. So right. The, seeing the end from the beginning, and that actually taking away weariness or anxiety because you're viewing things properly—it's right. easy enough to say, but right. over the years, right. um, practically, have you found that it's been helpful to actually take away anxieties?
1: Yeah, and it, I mean it's a good question because there's you know there's the right answer and then there's living the right answer, <laughs> and and so for for me and those two in my life are not always working in sync. I think probably the the, the thing that's helped me the most practically is, um, first of all, making sure that my family is not just financially provided for, but this whole issue of community and being together on a mission in the presence of God has been a part of our lives. Right, right. You've known that and spoken of that. But I think from a practical standpoint, in terms of the way that I thought, um, you know, I, how I thought about it was that, okay, I need to kind of plan as if I have a lot of days ahead of me. I need to plan to make sure that my family's provided for right. in the future. And so when you do that, you end up holding down a job. You end up right. you know, paying your mortgage you end up doing all of the things that you, you know, kind of naturally have to do to make that happen. But while planning for the long term, saving and, you know, uh, being wise in my budgeting and all those kinds of things, while planning for the, having a lot of days, living, trying to live as if this is the moment that I have. Right that balance which is so hard to do right but that balance really is i think what brings at least for me has brought the most peace and the most success because then there is this there's this lack of anxiety about what's going to happen tomorrow because i've planned been responsible and planned but i'm not getting so in my right mind, I'm not getting so tied to those things and so fixated on those things that they've become idols and now if something happens and, oh wait a minute, my job is now paying me half of what it used to, I don't go down the tubes emotionally because it's like, well you know what, God's going to provide for today. And and again, that balance is just very, very hard. Not easy, right? It's not easy, but that is the way that I've thought about it over the years, and it's been very, very helpful.
0: That's good. good. That is helpful, and I think it's a good place to wrap up. You probably have noticed we've been talking with the witch about our food, so now we have bacon and eggs sitting in front of us, and (laughs) it's (laughs) well. That means the podcast is over. So. Hopefully uh, that was helpful to you guys. We will start uh, chowing was just down. just eating anyway. Well, so. JJ's over there watching The Office. He doesn't even care about <laughs> this. He's not even listening. I don't know how he's producing a podcast when he's sitting there watching The Office on his phone. But <laughs> apparently that's how good he is. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we will be back next week to talk more about Ecclesiastes. Because the message ne- next week is on Ecclesiastes. And uh, we will see you then.